0: my name is henrietta naya i am a nigerian from anambra state i am passionate about um, creating a world for the most vulnerable and i do that through enlightenment program
1: hello and welcome to obehid podcast i'm your host obehid e14 and i strongly believe that everyone has a story to share now let's get started with this episode
0: Body safety expert, child protection advocate, and anti-GBV campaigner. So what I do is um, I go around communities, inspiring women and children. I teach them they have rights. They can fight for themselves. They do not have to remain in um, a harmful situation. There are organizations, there are people willing to help them and I tell them things they can do to help themselves and so in other words, I inspire them and um, I teach them how to protect themselves. For children, I teach, I equip them with skills, with knowledge and skills to prevent sexual abuse. I am actually a sexual abuse um, survivor so This is very dear to my heart. I I love children and I want them safe. I want them happy. So this is what I've been doing for years. This is my campaign. This is what I'm all about.
1: All right. Thank you so much for that there, Noyem. Um, Do you want to tell me more about your background uh, growing up in Anambra State? Uh, The reason is that this podcast is connected to both the African at home and also the African in diaspora. And for us, we like to talk more about ourselves so we can better connect to our roots and also to the people we are talking with. So in the first part of the podcast, we usually talk about ourselves. Where are you coming from? Uh, So that you help us to know you better. Can you do a little, like, when you were growing or what are the things around you? What do you remember of your childhood? Please help me with that.
0: So, my, my dad is actually from, my dad and my mom, they're both from Anambra State. But I was not raised in Anambra State. I was raised in Kaduna State. Yes. So, um, most of my life, I, I live in Kaduna State. I am even living in Kaduna State right now. Um, my childhood was beautiful, It was really beautiful. The north part of Nigeria, we have a very um, calm lifestyle. So um, I grew up on the last one. We are six, We're a family of six and I'm the last one, the last girl. And um, growing up in the north was, um, should I say fun? It was not, um, it was fun. It was um, It was cool. The struggles of the East or um, most times we who were brought up in the North, we have um, a different lifestyle as compared to our friends or families brought up in the East. We are calmer. We are reserved. So um, that is how... I grew up and um, I schooled in the University of Miduguri. Mid- Miduguri as I then was peaceful. It was peaceful, full stops were cheap. It was okay before the whole Boko Haram and banditry started. Miduguri was a peaceful and very calm town. So um, that's about it, about my childhood.
1: Thank you so much for that. So have you had the occasion of also maybe going to Annabella State from time to time to sort of connect to the people that are there or maybe you accompany your parents there to sort of see what is available there and to know some persons there?
0: Yes. But when I was young, there is something we call returns here. Every three years, we go back home. We see our cousins. Our family members abroad also come back. We interact. We have it. it, it was we, we, we go for um festivities like the Ofala. There were um, there were different um, festivities, festivities. as at the time it always happened during Christmas period. So I remember having fun with my cousins home and abroad, enjoying those celebrations. Having it, it was it was always a fun time going back home. The food, the the atmosphere, the people, the language. It was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it then. I still enjoy it now. When I have time to go back, it's in Anambra. My 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 village is actually obinato village. My town is ame We have very lovely people. It's very lovely. Okay, so to go back home, I have fun. Have fun and. One thing I like about my place is the food. We have different kinds of foods and most foods you won't really see them here. You won't really get them abundantly here. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. All oh, right. For so the food we I don't know if you've heard of Oka. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I've
1: okua, heard of that. I've heard...
0: Um, it's it's a breadfruit, they call it bread food so that's one of my favorites it's it's delicious it's ah oh, it's the best so i i that's one of the meals i know i enjoy very well when anytime i go back to the village
1: all right now um how did you uh, get started with uh, body safety of course that is what we are going to spend most of our time with today because i understand that you you are into advocacy uh, you try to uh, sensitize uh, women against uh, sexual abuse, and you said that even yourself you have been a victim of sexual uh, abuse. Would you like to say anything about that? Um, of course, it depends on you. If it's something you you like to share, or if there is any part of it you like to share, help us understand that. That help, of course, to know you a little better.
0: Okay. So, um, as a child. Um there were things I didn't know, and there were things my parents didn't know, so they didn't teach me. So it's actually not their fault. And um, uh, when I was about eight or nine, I went for a wedding, and um, I sat on the family. Uh, I, was, I was on my own, and a family friend called me, and he asked me to sit on his side. I sat on his side, and the next thing he started um, touching my breast. They were actually on the at that time, but he was touching me and pressing me in different kinds of, that was actually in public. As so at the time, I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, I was very uncomfortable, but I couldn't say stop. I couldn't stand off. I couldn't shout. I couldn't do anything, but I was helpless. I was helpless and I couldn't call for help. Even if there were people around, thinking back, I'm asking myself, those people around during the wedding, is it that they didn't see the discomfort in my face? Is it that they didn't see the fear in my face? And um, after what happened, I, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell them anything, but it stuck with me. It stuck with me because I kept on telling myself that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened. And I was angry myself that I couldn't speak out. I was angry, I wasn't confident enough to shout or to alert people that I was being molested. I just sat down on his side and let him continue doing what he was doing. So it um, anytime I thought about it growing up, I always felt bad. I, I wanted that to change. So as an adult, I um, most of the places I worked are health facilities, so I was opportune to go for a GBV training one time, and when I went for the training, it was like my eyes were open. They taught me things I, um, I never knew, you know, and that was how my advocacy began. It was like after the training, the scales fell off my eyes. I knew the exact thing I needed to do. And um, that was gender-based violence awareness. So that was how I started. I started with the health facility I was working then. Um, our clients were mostly HIV positive. So I started with the women, with the men. Then we also had a department that... Um, that was involved with uh, domestic violence and sexual abuse. So I started there, I started talking to the children, the women. From there, I started going to communities, I started going to schools. Gradually, I started being invited on TV and um, radio to talk about different um, forms of GDV. And that was how I started writing online. So that was how my journey started. Right now I have um, I have a campaign on uh, change.org is actually a campaign is a petition to Kajuna state government to implement body safety education in all primary schools. I believe when a child is taught body safety the child um, the child can speak up for him or herself the child can report the child can defend herself or himself against pedophiles or sexual predators so my dream is for every child to live in a safe world my dream is for every child to be able to speak up when they are in situations of harm without fear, um, without fear. so this is my passion and this is my why That is why I
1: started all of this. All right. Thank you so much for that, uh, Noye. That is very important. And of course, for those of you that are listening to us, uh, we're going to be spending some time about body safety today uh, with Noye. She's going to be explaining to us what it means, how can you protect yourself? why it is important that we need to teach, uh, teach this is to, to our children you see you you just heard that uh, she has a petition on change.org uh, where she's raising awareness. this is a very important conversation but before we move there just now uh, Noyem, I want you to help me understand that incident when you were eight years old uh that happened in the public with me and people were there they're supposed to have been able to help you they didn't help you tell me uh if your parent if your parents were ever aware of it and also this person that violated your right that molested you how old was the person and you also said the person was a relation really sure, if i'm not mistaken sort of is related to the family Let me clarify that, uh, because all these are very important in terms of how we protect our children, how we protect ourselves, and how we make sure that we remove those individuals who are always looking for a way to take advantage of the vulnerable members of that society. Yes, go with that, please.
0: Okay, so he was an adult. He was, I think he should have been um, in his early 20s or mid-20s then my parents never knew because i didn't tell them i didn't tell them it's just um, recently last year I are talking about it. my parents never knew the only person that i knew was my elder brother because he was the one that saw me on on my he was the the guy that was on his side is actually was actually older than him he saw it and he wasn't comfortable and he was the one that called me from far to come. So he was the one that actually helped me at the end of the day, but the guy had already done what he done, what he did. So it was my elder brother that helped me then because he called me and it was when he called me that I was able to get out of the manuscript. grip. So um, the guy was an adult because he was in his early 20s or mid, um, mid 20s and he's a family friend yes family friend the family friend of the
1: family and and for what he did uh, okay because you didn't tell your parent your brother also uh, I, I want to believe that your brother now in this case you told him or you didn't tell him uh, what happened from there nobody took action on it uh why did he not take why did they take action was it because it was not uh, there was no need for it. Uh, they didn't pay. it was necessary. Uh, can you say anything about that?
0: Yes, I was, I was eight years. And he was, let's say, maybe in his teenage, maybe um, he was 14 or 15. And the guy was mid twenty. So all he knew was he saw me sitting on the guy's side and he saw the guy's hands on my chest. That obviously didn't make him comfortable, and he called out to me to come. He didn't know all that happened, and I didn't tell him all that happened. You know, our uh, our society, um, things concerning abuse is hidden. Things concerning abuse is um, treated in secrecy. So people had me talk about it. So that was what happened because he was just um, in his early teens. So there was little to nothing that he could do. And my parents didn't know because none of us ever told them. I didn't tell them because I didn't even know how to tell them.
1: Uh-huh. All right. I, I, I get that. Now, uh, this is the last question I'm asking you there before we move into body safety. Um, now, looking back into what has happened, looking at how small you were at that time, how the person who is older than you, who was supposed to protect you, started to take advantage of you. And of course, your brother now, your brother is also so small. Perhaps you didn't understand because you didn't tell them, so they didn't take action on that. Now, what do you think you would have done in that case? Do you think you could have? If you have shouted, you could have been treated differently. I mean, tell me what you think you could have done, having passed through what you passed through, to have a change. Because I want to believe that when you talk to small children, they some of them will have a curiosity. You do advise them what to do. I'm sure you don't want to tell them, hey, somebody is touching you, keep quiet, no? So help me understand what you think you could have done then at 8 years of, of age.
0: Uh, that is, um, I should have been able to say no, stop it. I wouldn't even sit on his eyes in the first place. Even if he called out and said, sit on my eyes, I would tell him no. I don't want to and you cannot force me. I don't want to sit on your ties, and I will not sit on your thighs." I wouldn't have been afraid or compelled to sit on his I would have told him there. I am not sitting on your ties and don't ever tell me to sit on your ties again. So if I knew what I know now, that is what I would have told him even as I have eight. So when I go to the school, when I talk to children, this is what I teach them. I teach them they have right to decide what happens to their bodies. Nobody else no adult, no uh, pair, nobody except themselves. They have every right to speak out when somebody is hurting them. That is what I always tell them. It doesn't matter the situation, whether it's in the case of abuse or just the bullying in school, but whatever situation they are in and they are uncom- uncomfortable, they must speak out. That is what I go and teach them. I teach them how they should um, invite this, how they should continue. Even in their family, I tell them, if your father or your mother hurts you, you have every right to say, mommy, daddy, I didn't like what you did. You did this, you did that, it hurts me. That is what I teach these children because I, it is when they are able to speak out that others around them say, okay, this child needs help. This child is, try, is defending herself or himself, is trying to, out against this adult that is trying to do this, or against uh, another child that is trying to harm him or her. So let's say I am—I um, was eight, and I knew what I knew now. That is what I would have done. So the abuse wouldn't have happened because I would have straight up—I—I d- I cannot sit on your thigh. So whatever he did that day would have not even happened because I wouldn't have even sat on his side in the first place.
1: you right. Thank you so much for that. Uh, this is very important. Uh, I, rem- I remember now, I've talked to different experts, psychologists, and, and, and people that are working with children, both against a victim, both at the uh, level of the United Nations, those working at that area, organizing symposium or how so sensitize them. You see, I live in Italy and Nigeria, a lot of Nigeria women have been trafficked to this uh, place. A lot of data has been violated, and, in fact, all across Europe, not only in Italy, but of course, that of Italy is, uh, is very particular in a, certain, in a certain sense. So, this topic is very, very important. Also for the, the fact that it relates also to Nigeria, because uh, a lot of Nigeria, I think Nigeria top the, the chart of the women that are trafficked to Europe. So, this is why I think it's very important. And uh, I find it also very valid what you are doing in that based on what, what has happened to you, you have taken it up upon yourself as a duty to help other people so that they cannot become victims. You are telling them what they, what they should do. In fact, because of what you know what you could have done in that case to avoid what happened, you don't know what to tell them. And this is very, very important. All right. Now, tell me about uh, the, the project that you are working on. The Body Safety Academy. This is where we are going to be spending most of our time today. What does it mean? What do you do there?
0: Okay, so the Body Safety Academy is, is an organization that seeks to help families. That is adults and children, parents and children. It equips parents and children with the skills to prevent sexual abuse. That is, without teaching, teachings, what we teach the children the children can be armed up. And that would help prevent sexual abuse. What we'll teach the parents, they will be knowledgeable about it and they'll be able to teach their children, which would also help prevent sexual abuse. So we have courses, we have WhatsApp classes, we have email courses. We also have a one-on-one conversations. All this we do. To equip families, to equip families against sexual abuse. Then we have an ongoing project. We aim to reach three thousand primary school children with free body safety education. It's actually an hour, so we aim to reach three thousand primary school children with an hour of body safety education. So we are going round schools in Kaduna State and teaching them body safety. So that's what it actually um, raised. Raise don't, raise, don't ruin campaign. That's the name of the campaign. So I use that to teach my audience so that they can learn and in their
1: homes. Now, speaking of Kaduna, uh, where you where you stay, uh, can you tell me a bit of how is the situation of, how is the situation there in terms of uh, child abuse, uh, people that are, you are targeting, what is the situation there in the state of Kaduna?
0: Okay, um, child abuse is, the incidence of child abuse in Kaduna State is actually high. We have about four sexual assault referral centers here in Kaduna State. And we constantly get reports of children being abused by adults who are mostly people they know. So it's quite high here in Kaduna State. And um, children, most times, the barrier to um, teaching body safety is most parents don't even know what body safety is most parents don't have an idea of what body safety is so how can they teach their children when they don't even know it exists and it's going to empower their children then some other for some other parents is religion they feel when you teach their children this you're like paving way for them to be abused you're you're like encouraging them to do the bad things or you're spoiling them um, one one um, model in the body safety planning program, body safety program is the use of correct names for your private parts. Most parents cannot pronounce names of their private parts. You hear them saying your PP, your bomb, bomb your DSP, hardly pronounce the correct names. their private parts some don't even know some don't know the difference between vulva and vagina some don't even know the difference and when you are teaching your child if you don't know it how can you teach your child i have this there's this woman that reached out to me one time she was complaining her daughter was having pains around her vulva region and she said She she didn't call it vulva, she called it bonbon. So imagine her calling a grown-up woman, an adult, calling her vulva bonbon. How then is the child supposed to learn, this is actually my vulva or this is my vagina? So because of this fear secrecy and um, the fear secrecy, it makes it harder because these parents feel when they teach their children these things, it just makes their children spoil. Meanwhile, it does the opposite. It actually arms their children against sexual abuse. So we a lot we are doing a lot of sensitization. We want parents to understand these things are actually good. These teachings are actually good for your child, your, your children because it will protect them, not the other way around. So that is what we have been doing, sensitizing parents so that they understand these things are important. Their children need to be safe. And for their children need to be safe, they need to be armed. And how do they get armed when we teach them body safety? All
1: right. Thank you so much for that. And that is also an important question you have raised there, which is about uh, even the question of sex education, because... we. People are ashamed to call it sex, no? We need to talk about things. You know, the thing is that, first of all, for us to even address a problem, we need to call the problem by its name. What do we, what kind of problem are we really addressing? If we just use code to talk about it without really using the language of the people that the people can understand, then it becomes even more difficult this time. <laughs> this is also what they do. It is of the law, or they write the constitution in a way that is too highly placed in the, in the terminology they use. The way people break the law down because they don't know actually what you are saying, what you are talking about, then they say ah ignorance of the law. But the thing is that if you are writing a law for the people, write it in a language that they can understand. Except maybe you are writing it for the court or for the lawyers. But the lawyer are not a the lawbreaker they are just the interpreters of the law the person who you are writing this law for is the ordinary people so write it in the way that they can understand so i don't know why people are so there should be too much secrecy around things that are every day because these are regular day everyday life no we shouldn't have too much secrecy about it because what usually happens like you already said no is that these children okay there are multiples of things that the result, no. Some of them come home with pregnancy. Then, what are you going to do? Are you going to abort the child now? Then that become even more complication, which well, you could have avoided mm-hmm. that with a better education of these children? In terms of what it says and how you do not comport yourself when you go around and start messing up with other people. You see, so it's a very important it's a very important conversation. All right. Now, I want to believe that some people don't even understand what is meant by body safety. Can you give us a small education of that?
0: So body safety is um, a set of teachings that aims to equip a person with the knowledge and skills to prevent sexual abuse. So it's a group of teaching or a set of teaching that aims to equip a person with skill, the knowledge and skills to prevent sexual abuse. Body, there there are different um, models in body safety. We encourage children to appreciate their bodies. We teach them their bodies are beautiful. We teach them they can decide what happens to their body. They have every right to decide what happens to their body We teach them that, any touch that makes them uncomfortable, it doesn't even have to be just on the private part. It can be any part of their body. They have every right to say no, they have every right to say stop it. Then they should also know that there should be no secret between them and their parents. They should also know that any threat from anybody, let's say any, somebody tried to touch your private part, and of course they said no, stop it. Don't ever do that again and the person tries to threaten them, they know not to be afraid. They know that person is just saying that so that he he or she would not report to their parents and so that the parents will not take action. So these are things we teach in body safety education. We teach every child that they are beautiful. We teach every child they are special. We teach them the correct names of their private parts. We teach them actions to take if they are in harmful situations. So that is what body safety education is all about. So body safety education helps the child to be confident, helps the child to speak out, helps the child to know what actions to take whenever they find themselves in difficult positions. It also helps the child know uh, um, situations that could be harmful because we teach them all these things. At the end of the day, we also teach them that pedophiles or sexual predators could be anybody. It could even be a relative. It could even be a family member. It could be, sadly, a parent. So at the end of my teaching, I share um, the sexual assault referral center number with these children, and I ask them to keep it. I do not pray that their, 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 their parents are per, uh, perpetrators of sexual abuse. We have seen instances, we have seen parents who molest their children. So we empower these children to even know what to do if a relative, including parents are harming them or sexually abusing them, what they should do so that they won't be helpless as well if their parents are involved in, 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 in this. Menen, so that is what body safety education is all about
1: now uh, looking at the culture of the people the behavior of the people you are in northern part of nigeria no where in some cases we have heard of uh, several reports of uh, child marriage and things related to that so um when you talk of uh, this molestation, uh, adult, it, taking advantage of children. Um, where do we draw the line? Uh, is, it, is it culturally acceptable for children to be molested? Which one do we actually call molest? Is it the one that is sanctioned by a certain culture? So I'm sort of finding it even more difficult there to understand Um about the safety of the children, because relationship in most of the cases, no, generally, we are expecting too mature adult to enter into a relationship. But what we find in some cases is that we have babies that are given out as, as, as brides, no? So I don't know what you want to speak to that, if that is part of what you are campaigning against, um, or maybe I'm just overstretching the argo. Please help me with that.
0: So, yes, what you said is true. Um, a lot of girls get married very here. Yeah. Some are forced, or most of them are forced by their parents. And um, when you ask them, they say they cannot refuse their parents because their religion forbids a child from refusing their parents. So if even if when these girls do not want to get married to the older man or to whatever man they bring, she feels forced to do it because her religion tells her never to disobey her parents. So in this case, I will fault our government because our government knows this is happening, but because um, it's, re- it's a religious thing now, they, um, they tend to ignore or we it. So when I when I when I go to the schools I encourage the children especially the girls I tell them they can decide whatever happens to their bodies Even if protecting themselves means disobeying their parents they should go ahead I encourage them I tell them there are organizations willing to help them these organizations will shelter them they would pay Their school fees, even all they need to is just, oh, I need help. This is happening, you know. But most of them don't speak out until it's too late. Most of them just enjoy it for their for the rest of their life. So I do not forget to teach these girls, especially when I go to their area, because I live in Kaduna South. When I go to the north to teach, I always add it in my teaching in the hope that if any of the girls ever find themselves in such a situation, they will know what to do. So we, in Nigeria, Africa, in fact, the world at large, we have what we call harmful cultural norms. That is, um, they're like behaviors that are wrong, but are accepted in the community. So people know it's wrong to actually marry a girl, an underage girl, but because is accepted in the community and their religion accepts it, they keep quiet. So we have a lot of um, 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 harmful cultural norms in Nigeria. Even in the case of domestic violence, most communities, most tribes, do not think there is anything wrong with a husband beating his wife. They feel it's okay for a man to beat his wife. So when they see such situations, they do not report to appropriate authorities. They do not even try to help the woman involved. Even the woman involved doesn't try to help herself because she thinks it is normal. Her parents told her to obey her parents. Her parents told her to beg her husband anytime she does wrong, or even when he's angry with her, even if she doesn't do anything wrong. So she has been brainwashed from a young age to accept this false teaching because of harmful cultural norms. So it's actually a big problem. And um, it's not just enough that we sensitize, we're we are doing sensitization. The government has to step in. The government has to set laws, laws to implement to, to help curb. Um, called this because there has been a rise in cases of domestic violence in Nigeria. It's, it's like every month or many times a month, we hear, okay, woman died, her husband killed her, her husband stabbed her, her husband shot her. We are always hearing cases. The recent one, um, actually, Her they said her husband beat her to death. Or she could even um, complain to the doctor when she went to the hospital. She could even tell the doctor what was exactly wrong with her. And unfortunately she died, she died. So we have a lot of these cases and I feel um, our government, our religious leaders and community leaders have a part to play to curb it.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that is true. a responsibility for everyone because of course children are raised at home uh, before they go outside to uh, become individual the first they are part of the family so the family have a role and when the children get outside then and begin to operate of course there are laws that need to be in place to uh, intervene in case there is any danger uh this is very important okay now say a family or maybe a child report a, a threat, uh, the number that you are distributing around to call, they call the number. What eventually happened when maybe the victim is, this case uh, is caught, what is usually the punishment? I mean, what happened? Uh, help us break down if the it, process. Um, you
0: mean, let's say a child is... Um a child was almost sexually abused and the perpetrator was caught. Is that what you're asking?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe the child has been abused already. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, because of this training that they are undergoing, they know who to call. Mm. They call this number and the suspect is arrested. I want you to tell me the process. What okay. happened eventually to conclude the case?
0: Okay, sir. Um, the child is um, the child is taken to the hospital, so this test HIV test, sexually transmitted disease, and all those tests um, are 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 done to ensure the child is not infected. And then, um, of course, the child undergoes different um, different counseling sessions and. The day the child is brought in, the clothing the pants and all of that are kept. They are like um, um they will be used in court. So all those things are evidence that will be used in court. If the when the, the man himself has a the case, there is a lawyer, a lawyer assigned to the child that will take up the case. And um, a court case will be started as soon as possible so uh, like in Kaduna state when a person is caught is actually very fast here in Kaduna state because the governor is um, someone that that doesn't tolerate such so it's fast and the the, the, the the with all the evidence but the perpetrator is indicted and um The child continues with um, counseling sessions until we're sure the child is fit to stop coming. Yes. So, but but what I do is with my body safety campaign, I am, it's more like a preventive measure to prevent it from even happening in the first place. That is my goal, to prevent it from happening in the first place. So we do not want this thing to happen to the child because it destroys life. It's like a psychological trauma that lingers for too long in the child's life. So my goal is to stop it from happening. My goal is to prevent it from happening. That is my goal. That is why I'm doing what I am doing. I do not want any child to go through or to experience sexual abuse. So my my goal, my aim is to prevent it from happening. That's why I do all this teaching so that the children would know harmful situations, would know what to do in harmful situations and hopefully they will be protected. Hopefully this, because of all they have been armed with, will not happen to them
1: all right now who should be more concerned about uh body safety
0: okay so my target is children first parents then educators the parents while um the children i believe my teachings empower the children When a child knows, when a child is informed about something, the child knows what to do. The child is knowledgeable. The child knows, okay, this actually happens. So the child already has it in her head or his head that this actually happens to children. This is what I do. This is what I should do. If I find myself in near harmful situations, this is what I should do. If this person tries to do this or do that, then for the parents, I teach them so that they can teach their children at home, so that they can repeat the teachings as well, constantly. Because this teaching, it it, it, it shouldn't be a one-time thing. It should be a continuous thing because children are involved, they could forget. So the job of the parent now is to continue the teachings at home so that these children will not forget the teachings. Then for the educators, teachers, they can also continue where I stopped by repeating these teachings. So this is why it is important. But body safety is actually for children. But I engage the parents and the teachers as well so that they can continue from where I stopped. They will continue reminding their children so that the children don't forget. So that is where the, the parents and the, the educators come in. But body safety is actually for children. Okay.
1: All right. Um, for children, is it all children, uh, from your study, from your understanding of these particular abuse cases, uh, either in Kaduna State or in other parts of Nigeria, is it only uh, about the gay child or the abuse is both for children uh, It's also for male children. Can you share anything with us in that line?
0: Okay. Any child could be abused, whether male or female. Although more female children are abused, but both sex are abused. So body safety education is for both males and females because even males can be abused. Even males are being abused. So... Body safety is actually for males and females. So when I, go to, when I go to the schools, I teach both the males and the females.
1: Thinking back to the question I asked you before about uh, how the process works from when a child reports a case to maybe eventually concluding it, I don't remember if you talked, uh, what, if you talked about what happened to the, to the perpetrators. Do you often hear them be sentenced? I don't know if you say anything about that. If you have said anything about that, then we can just proceed. If not, if you could share anything in that line, whether you have he- heard of some of some sentences, what is the sentence usually? Is it like maybe two years in prison or maybe they are eventually released? Or Can you share anything in line with that?
0: Okay, they yeah, are actually sentenced from seven to 14 years, they are actually sentenced and their names will be included in the sex offenders list. So uh, most state governors are coming up with sex offenders lists so that um, parents, neighborhoods can go and check. That is if they see somebody strange in their community, they can go and check the sex offenders list and check if that's they will check if they see that face there. So whenever uh, um, a perpetrator a perpetrator is found guilty, his name and his picture is included in the sex offenders list. He is indicted, he's in sentenced, most times from seven to fourteen years, depending on um the depending on the case or his um the form of um, sexual abuse. So I have seen a few, although in Nigeria, there are quite a few. They are not uh, most people that, um, most perpetrators actually go scot-free in in Nigeria because most parents do not want to, because of shame and um, they feel that will bring shame to their families. They do not report these cases to sexual assault referral centers or the police station. most of the cases don't come to light because of shame and secrecy. So most of those perpetrators go scot-free. But these days, it's coming to light. More and more people are becoming aware. So when um, most times, the, the perpetrator is sentenced. He's sentenced and his name is included in the sexual offenders list all
1: right thank you so much for that uh Noe. now um tell me about uh, your training about uh safety uh, body safety how do you really embark on this training how do you talk it the, with the children so that they understand what to do i mean tell me about it
0: okay first um when i go to the class of course i would have finished talking with the administrator i would have set a date to come for the teachings. When I go to the class, I make it interactive. I want them to tell me their problems. I want them to share concerns. That is my, one of my missions. So when I go there, I'm very, very full with them. I explain, they ask all manner of questions. And I answer as much as I can, as, as much as time will permit me. I teach them, I tell them they are special. That's the first thing. I tell them they are I tell them they are beautiful. I tell them they need to know all the names of their private parts. I actually put it as a question to them. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately, most of them don't get the answers because they were not taught at home. They were not taught at home to use their, the names, the correct names of their private parts. So when I ask, they cannot even mention all the private parts. So I'm just mentioning breast. Or butox. but somebody won't mention anything because they are ashamed so they do not mention this so i have to teach them and i make them repeat it i make them understand there is nothing wrong with using these body parts in conversations i make them understand pennies, knees vulva clitoris vagina buttocks, anus are not bad words and they can be used in conversation i make them understand that i before I leave the class, I ensure that they are free to use this words. I encourage their teachers to use it in conversation if there is need for it in school. I also tell them not to make these children ashamed of this words because there is nothing wrong with using this word. They're actually the right name of body parts. I inspire confidence. I tell children the little things they can do, like... Um, if somebody grabs their arm, they can hit that person and run to safety. We actually act these things out, we play it out. I tell them actions we should take. We all shout together, we shout, no. I tell them, why do they need to shout? And they answer because to call the attention of others so that other people can help them. So I, I teach them, they, it's okay to run. From harm, how they should run, an action to take, telling their parents, and I also tell them if their parents don't believe them. Let's say some, something like that happens, and their parents do not believe them, they should keep on telling their parents. And if their parents still do not believe them, then they should call the sexual assault referral center, so that the sexual assault referral center can take up the case since their parents do not believe them. I also teach them that I also teach them safety measures like if they walk home from school alone how they shouldn't talk to strangers, how they shouldn't walk in um, lonely roads how they should walk in groups I teach them all of that. I teach them a little um, um, should I say defense defense mechanisms in case they, are, they, they find themselves in very tight spots. I teach them they are powerful. I teach them they have a voice and they should use it. So that is what um, what I teach these children in schools and it has been it has been interesting, it has been interesting. I have reached to 277 um, children for now and I will continue in me when they resume so i would um, be doing a larger number and my aim is to reach three thousand primary family school children
1: that's interesting thank you so much for that uh talking in general sense i think that could be a rule for body safety uh, because i don't know body safety is it only for children okay i know that what you are targeting are children but generally speaking body safety is it only for children or uh, adult can also be taught about body safety, and in that case, what uh, can be the rule to the rules of engagement in terms of body safety?
0: So, uh, body safety is actually the first step to teaching sex education. Body safety is appropriate, like from ages zero to eight. So body safety is actually appropriate for younger children, zero to eight years old. Then from nine and above, you can start sex education. Body safety is actually for children. Although adults can pick one or two things from body safety, but body safety education is strictly for young children. Yes. But the 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 lessons that adults can take from body safety is body appreciation and um, self confidence. Yes, but body safety education is strictly for young children.
1: All right, that is powerful. Thank you so much for that. All right, now say somebody wants to uh, connect with you uh, or want to. Uh, I don't know if you have anything there that you are offering a course or a book or a training program. How can they reach you? Use these few seconds to promote yourself. Please go ahead.
0: Okay, so I um, am going to share a link with you so that you can share it with my bio when you're publishing it. But um, I'm on on LinkedIn as Henrietta Nonya Ode and I am on Facebook as Henrietta Nguyen Ode, I will be, my children's book will be ready very soon and my courses are ready, they're ready. I will be conducting a free class by the end of this month, yeah. It's going to be power Pass, and um, they can reach me on um, on LinkedIn, I would also share my email address with you so that they can also reach me through that. All
1: right, that is great. Now, what do you recommend to children in order to prevent this abuse? What What are the strategies you would recommend to them? I don't know, maybe like two or three strategies that they should adopt.
0: Okay, first off, speaking out. Speaking out is important. Like when somebody is doing something and you're uncomfortable with it, You tell the person straight up, I don't like what you're doing. Stop it. No, stop it. Don't do that again. I do not like it. And of course, you report all those kind of incidences to your parents so that your parents can take action. Then let's say the person grabs you. You can shout. You kick. It is not wrong to kick. You're defending yourself. You can kick. You can can hit. To get out of the grip of that person so you can run and as you're running you're shouting at the top of your voice you're shouting at the top of your voice so you could call people to know okay this thing is actually happening this person was trying to harm me then there are also instances where a child's age mate is the one that actually um, abuses not a child in such cases it's still the same thing you have to be able to speak up you have to be able to defend yourself you are amazing as a person you shouldn't be quiet when somebody is hurting you you shouldn't shut your mouth when somebody is hurting you it's identified that there are bad people in this world there are bad people that could want to hurt you there are bad people So I want to cause sadness to you. You have every right to defend yourself. You have every right to speak up. So speaking up is number one. Because when you're speaking up, you're liberating yourself. You're attracting people to the scene. People who can help you. And you're reporting. At the end of the day, you will report to your parents who can also take appropriate actions to help you then of course we also leave the sexual assault referral number with the child so that the child can reach the sexual assault referral centers in case their parents are not doing anything about any harmful situations those children may be in
1: all right now what would be your last statement to conclude the conversation because of course we have touched a lot of important thing here from uh, uh, where you are coming from, your place of origin, and your love. I remember how much you love uh, uh, the the food that they, they prepare in Anambra State. I am not forgetting that. Okay, so uh, we also talk about um, what you are com- con- currently working. Uh, I want to look at it like your calling. So to conclude the conversation and make sense of it, your own way, maybe it can even be a message. So please go ahead and do that.
0: Okay. Um, this is actually for parents. I want parents to to be a lad, to communicate with their children, to have a relationship with their children, to play with their children, to know their children. Being busy at work is longer an excuse. Every parent should have time for their children. Your child should be able to come to you and complain, mommy, daddy, this is what happened in school. This person did this, this person did that, that happened. You should be able to talk, play with your children. I love children to be expressive. And how are children expressive when they are not shut down at home? A lot of Africans shut down their children. That's why there is so much fear and secrecy surrounding sex. It's important parents understand the more there is fear, shame, and secrecy surrounding this subject, it is harder to talk about it. Imagine a parent who hardly calls the correct names of his private parts That's how the children are going to grow. If in a house, the father or the mother cannot even say, okay, cover your buttocks properly or use the correct names of the private parts. How do you expect the child to use the correct names of their private parts if you as a parent are not using it in conversation? If the child is in situations of danger, How does it, when it concerns sexual abuse, how does the child open her mouth or his mouth to tell you about it? Because you don't talk about such things, the child is not confident enough to come and tell you this is what happened. This person tried touching my buttocks, or this person slapped my buttocks, or this person uh, 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 touched my breast. The child will not be able to tell you all those things because you people don't talk about it at home. So try as much as possible. It is not bad. Using the correct names of your private parts. Another important reason for using names of the private part is, if something happens, the child can confidently say, "This person tried to touch my vulva," because he knows, or sorry, she knows where the vulva is. She knows the location of the vulva. She knows the location of the uh, vagina because you taught her. But when you call all the parts, uh, pet names or similar names, like the people that call Bom Bom, they call Rover, Bom Bom and Botox Bom Bom. How does the child tell the parent that this is what is happening? Let's say somebody tries to touch her Rover, She's going to come and tell the parent, this person tries to touch my Bom bon. So it becomes confusing. So it's important we stick to the right names of this private parts there is nothing, and it's important we teach our children there is that they are not bad words, and there is nothing wrong with using them in conversations. We really need to remove all shame, fear, and secrecy surrounding this subject. It's important parents do that. And as much as possible, be there for your children. Your children should know that you have their back. Their children should know, your children should know. To the last, they should be able to trust you. And when you're the first person to teach your children things, they are more trusting towards you. So I want all parents to be hands-on. No matter how busy you are, it's important to create time for your children. This will drastically reduce the uh, incidences of sexual abuse.
1: No, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I appreciate the conversation and the sharing here. Thank you so so much.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for
1: having me. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Overhead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remember Obehe and 14 Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.